and thank you for being here with me. I hope everything is going your way. I'm Jackie Gibbons, and I focus on the heart of real estate, all things warm and fuzzy about home and real estate. Living here in Southern California, we have many things we can be grateful for. One of the things I'm most grateful for is the climate because it allows me to plant a wide variety of plants in my garden at just about any time of the year. I really do enjoy gardening. Beginning at my mom's house where she let me help her with her roses and I tried planting tomatoes and peppers and watermelons. And then on into all the other places where I've lived, with different size yards, different types of landscapes, um, different situations. Um, I just enjoyed trying new plants and trying new things. It was kind of creative. Um, You're digging in the dirt. Yes. And I enjoyed that. You're outside, you're in the sun um, and you're, it's, you're active, you know, and you're definitely working up a sweat, but at the same time, it's still relaxing. And at the end of the day, you know, you feel like you've accomplished something and it feels good to have that something wonderful to look at um, at just about any time. Whenever you look outside, you know, front yard, backyard, gardens can be very relaxing. And so over the years, with all this trial and error, all these different homes, um, I've found out what works for me and what doesn't. I find out what plants that I really enjoy, what plants I really don't like, um, um, and plants that are specifically will do well here in the Southern California slash Orange County climate. You know, most of my go-to plants are the are mostly sun and have some degree of drought tolerance. They're all plants that I really like. Most of them are flowering plants. You know, I love flowers and I like to, you know, the, the added dimension that flowers in the garden give you, you know, and they all, like I said, they're all something I enjoy and they all get along together. Most of them all look pretty good. So if you took all my go-to plants, put them in the garden, of course, probably in the right, you know, uh, the trees in the back, the shrubs next, and then the little flowers up front, you want to put them in the right location so that you can see everything, you know, and there, it would all look really good and also be easy to maintain. So my go-to list, let's start out with the trees. My go-to list, the first on the list, is uh, the crepe myrtle tree. I really love the crepe myrtle tree because it it just looks good. Um, and it's easy to maintain and it doesn't get too big. It's a deciduous tree. It does lose its leaves in the fall and they, they come back in the springtime. And it has... Um, You can get a wide variety of colors of flowers on it, Um, white, pink, purple, even even deep red. They have a new varieties where you have some really deep red colors, okay? And they have this crepe paper-like texture to them, and they stay on the tree beginning in the summertime and going all the way until like September, sometimes even into October. And these trees, you know, the crepe myrtle trees do not get very big, so they work really well in our Orange County small yard uh, t- situations that we have. But the, but one of the main reasons that I like the crepe myrtle tree is, is because of the beautiful bark that it has. Um, and that's why I like the multi-trunk 
a variety of these trees um, where the tree has like five or six trunks coming up from the ground and they all kind of branch up and spread into this big, beautiful canopy. The variety that I like is the Natchez. It has these white flowers and white is a pretty universal, universal color. It looks good in a lot of different situations in a lot of different gardens. Um, and the bark is kind of a light pinky brown color. And it can also be in, and it varies. It has shades of oranges and reds um, and deeper shades and it peels too. So it's always very interesting and lovely to look at in your garden. And it doesn't get very big and it loves the sun. Um, but do give it a little bit of space if it, you do have that tree because some of them do get like 30 feet tall and 30 feet across. There are, of course, other varieties of crepe myrtle that you can train as a smaller tree or a shrub. But the one I'm talking about, the multi-trunk, it's going to get big. So do give it a lot of, you know, do give it the amount of space that, that it's going to like. OK, you don't want to put it in a, a 20 by 20 area and think you're going to be able to trim it because the crepe myrtle is at its most beautiful when you let it get as big as it wants to get. Definitely you can trim it a little bit, but you don't want to trim a 30 foot tree into like a 15 foot space. It's just not going to look good and it's going to hurt the tree. I also like the little gem magnolia tree. Um, it's another wonderful, beautiful plant that's going to stay smaller for, again, for our smaller yards and gardens here in Southern California. I love magnolia trees like the big Southern magnolia, but they just you know, we just don't have the space for them here for the most part. But the little gem will have those same beautiful ivory magnolia blooms in the summertime that have that wonderful lemon meringue pie smell to them. But it's going to only get maybe about 30 feet tall, you know, plus or minus, and not very wide. You could keep it probably um, less than 10 feet. Okay, and it's and it is evergreen and it's always going to look good. The little gem magnolia tree. Um, the types of uh, the types of shrubs that I like, I want to start with the uh, heavenly bamboo. Now, this is not the heavenly bamboo, the one that you see all over, like the older varieties where they, they get invasive and they have those red berries on them. You know, um, those are just you know you can get those. Nothing is wrong necessarily, but I do feel that um, the the newer varieties, the Gulf Stream variety, is my favorite. Um, heavenly bamboo, Gulf Stream. It's only going to get maybe about four, four and a half feet tall and maybe three or four feet wide. So you don't have to trim it. And it just looks great all the time. And it doesn't have those berries. It's a fuller plant. It's a fuller bush with nicer looking leaves, a lovely green shade. But in the maybe sometimes in the sun or sometimes in the fall, it's going to have some bronzing to the to the leaf color. So it's a very interesting, beautiful plant. And there's also other types of varieties of the heavenly bamboo that um, are about that same size, like firepower that might have more red in the leaves. You can also get some dwarf varieties that are only going to get 12 or 18 inches tall. All of those, you know, easy to maintain. You don't have to trim them and they look great. They love the sun and they might appreciate a little bit of shade sometimes um, and can be somewhat drought tolerant. 
I also like daylilies. I didn't used to, but I do like daylilies now. Um, specifically, though, the evergreen type where they don't die down to the ground, and the ones that repeat bloom, the rebloomers. I mean, the daylilies they form kind of big clumps, and you can you know divide those clumps and put them elsewhere in your garden if the clump gets too big. And um, they just bloom all like beginning in the spring and summer and going into the fall and lots of different colors you can choose from. I also like the New Zealand tea trees. Very um, interesting, beautiful plants that do well in our sun, in our climate, just like the heavenly bamboo and the daylilies. Um, they can be drought, to drought tolerant once they get established. And they also, they don't mind a little bit of shade, especially if you're in a hotter area or maybe you're up against a wall or some, or a sidewalk and it's going to reflect that heat. Um, all your plants might appreciate a little bit of shade if they're in that situation. You know, you don't want to burn them with that reflected heat. Um, the New Zealand tree tree, you know, you can easily trim it and shape it, but you don't want to go too heavy on that because... Sometimes that can, they get a little bit fussy sometimes, especially um, when they get older. But if you start when they're young and train them, they're going to work better with the pruning and the trimming. And they have all kinds of different colors of flowers. And they usually have the mass bloom in the wintertime. Like I like Ruby Glow. It's got that uh, deep ruby red flower on it. And it'll re and it'll have other blooms throughout the year. Almost always has some flowers on it. So that's the other reason I like the New Zealand tea tree. Um, I like roses too. Now, roses can be a little bit more high maintenance, of course. But if you must have a rose or if you're not really sure or if you don't think you're going to have so much time to devote to roses... Choose a Floribunda rose or a shrub rose. Floribunda roses, um, um, Floribunda means a lot of flowers. So Floribunda roses are going to give you a, a big mass of flowers, a lot more than like a hybrid tea rose is going to give you. Floribundas are also going to stay smaller. They might fit better in your landscape. They make a, just a much better landscape bush. They're easier to prune and trim too. They're not so fussy as a hybrid tea is. Or even a grandiflora um, type of a rose is going to be a little bit more fussy than a floribunda, in my opinion. You're definitely going to want want to water your roses regularly. Make sure they get a good amount of sun. Roses love sun and water. So you know, if you want to, if you don't want to water so much, then maybe only one or two roses, and just give them all kinds of good attention. Um, if you want to get an easy to maintain Floribunda rose, go with the iceberg. You see those all over the place with those, um, they're just covered in white flowers all the time. And iceberg can get big, like maybe five or six feet tall, but it's, it's easily kept lower. You can almost uh, treat it like a shrub. Um, and it's always going to be in bloom with those. And the flowers smell great. By the way, I was a little surprised when I discovered that, but they smell amazing, especially when they're blooming all the time. So many blooms, it's just going to waft the fragrance all over your garden. And speaking of um, fragrance in a garden, the jasmine. Um, jasmine is, a, is an oldie but a goodie. You see jasmine all over the place in Southern California because it loves our sun and it's a vine or it can also be a ground cover. Um, I like letting it 
trail like a vine, like over a block wall or something, give it a lot of sun. I mean, it's just not summertime in Southern California if you don't smell that jasmine someplace, okay? Um, I also like the India hawthorn plants, another Southern California fave for a very good reason. Um, used to be the India, India hawthorn plants used to get really big. And I mean, really big. They can get up to 10 feet tall with age or, you know, like easily get up to six or seven feet tall. Um, and you would have to prune them. But if you, but the new varieties now you can get smaller ones that just stay like three, some even two feet tall. Um, and two feet wide. And that's it. You don't have to prune them or trim them. And they also have beautiful blooms in the springtime. Just a big, massive pink flowers in the springtime. Um, so, and lots of different varieties of the India hawthorn. And they can be drought tolerant and they love the sun. And they just look good with everything, all the other plants I'm talking about. I also like Arbor Vitae. No flowers on the Arbor Vitae, but there's a lot of different varieties of that. It's like a, uh, it's almost like a standard plant. You put it, you know, at your foundation near the house to kind of soften an edge or a corner. It's just almost like a paint, plain, basic, almost like a juniper bush. But they have new varieties now that you can get them in a chartreuse color and don't get as tall as like the old ones used to. You can get them to be shorter. And they're wonderful plants. I also like azaleas. Um, azaleas can get big with age. They, they grow very slowly and they can get big. They don't mind being uh, pruned or trimmed and they do need a little bit more maintenance than but there are um, but there are varieties like the sun type varieties that will do well and are not so fussy. So, you know, maybe go online. And if you really love azaleas, I do recommend them because they bloom in the wintertime and give, give you some flowers when nothing else is blooming. Now, those are shrubs. Um, and I do like perennials too in the garden. Perennials are shrub-like plants, but they are not as, um, you know, but they're not like a standard plant like the India hawthorn or the New Zealand tea tree. Um, perennials are sages, lavenders that are going to get kind of shrubby or woody and you got to cut them back to get them to look better. Now, for me, that's a little bit too much work. I like low maintenance, but if you really like perennials, just like me, I love them. Get a few just for color and interest and texture in your garden. Um, and it'll give you that cottage gardeny type look. I like penstemon. Penstemon is going to spread depending upon the variety. It could get three feet wide and three feet tall, maybe even five feet across and maybe four feet tall because it does send up these big, beautiful spikes of flowers in all kinds of different colors. One of my favorites is sour grapes. Um, it's a beautiful plant and it can be drought tolerant. It doesn't like to be wet at all. It loves the sun. And the big purple uh, flowers. I also like apple blossom, kind of apple blossom, pink flowers. And it's a it's a smaller plant. So if you have a smaller place and you want a penstemon, get one of those. It's going to attract your bees and your butterflies um, and hummingbirds. And the same with pentas. Pentas is going to attract all the bees and butterflies um, and your hummingbirds too. Pentas is another um, flowering plant. That's a, it's very different from a penstemon, but it, and it, cause it can get tall. It's easy to just kind of cut back and it grow, keeps on growing the flowers in the spring and the summertime into the fall. And you can get anywhere from 18 to 24 inches tall. 
with red, pink, purple, white flowers on up to one that might get about four, five, and six feet tall. I also like geraniums. Now, you know, the old-fashioned type of geraniums, um, I, I personally do not like planting them in my garden. I prefer giving them a little bit more care because they are a little bit more of a tender plant and um, need more shade. So they would do better in a pot on your porch or underneath a patio cover with some extra water if you really love geraniums. There's also another type of geranium. People call them geraniums, but they're really like a pelagornium is the botanical name. And if I'm saying that wrong, please forgive me. But the geranium, you can also call it a geranium. And the variety that I like is Roseanne, R-O-Z-A-N-N-E. Now, the geranium is going to appreciate a little bit more shade um, and, and regular water. You don't have to overwater anything. But what it's going to do, it's going to trail in the spring and the summer going into the fall, um, trail on the ground a little bit. It's going to form a mound like about two or three feet big and wide, but it's going to um, kind of weave its way in and out of your other shrubs and flowers. And, and it's going to highlight all the greens and the pinks with its own deep blue purple flowers. It's an indispensable um, bush for me. It's an indispensable plant for me in my garden because it's beautiful and it, and, it, and it just sets off the rest of the garden. Now with flowers, everybody wants to have bedding flowers um, in their garden. Well, not everybody, but a lot of people do. And when I do decide to use um, some flowers, if I want to just use some flowers as filler in my garden, or if I just feel like digging in the dirt, what I'll do is I'll get the, I'll go to Lenario. Lenaria or toad flax looks like a snapdragon, like a, but a smaller snapdragon and all the same colors. And it looks a little bit more wild. It would, you know, it looks great and it's less formal looking. It looks great with all the other plants I'm talking about. I also love pansies and um, give pansies a little bit of shade. They don't mind a little bit of shade and you know, your bedding flowers are going to appreciate regular water. Um, but the variety of Lenaria that I like best, it's going to get taller though. And it's, uh, and it reseeds easily. So you don't have to keep planting it year after year. It's going to come back next year. It's flamenco. Um, and it's going to get taller. It could even get like two to three feet tall. Um, so just be aware of that. Um, and the flowers are a deep purple, to darker, darker purple with a little bit of red burgundy in it. And then like a spot of yellow orange in the middle. And the flowers are not very big, maybe this, you know, not even the size of a dime, but they look great against all the green in your garden. Beautiful plants. I really love succulents. I mean, I do love all of them pretty much, but there's a few that I think will work well um, here and there throughout your garden interspersed with the plants I already talked about or just create um, a succulent garden. I really like jade plants. Jade plants can get big, but they can also stay small if you, you know, and they're easily trimmed if you need to keep them a little bit smaller or just keep them in a pot. Now, if you do have succulents in pots, even though they're drought tolerant, they would probably would appreciate a little bit of shade. Um, you don't always want to have succulents in a pot in full shade, but some shade, half, half the day in shade would be okay, especially succulents that have yellow in them. Um, because I find that uh, the yellow succulents can burn in too much sun. 
one of my favorite succulents that have all the yellow in them is the sunburst eonium. Now just Google sunburst succulent and you'll see which one I'm talking about. It has this great big flower head, almost like a huge saucer, like 12 inches across just about of the bright yellow and cream and orange and green. It's just gorgeous. And it's like a big sunrise in your garden and they shoot up all of these. And so it's just a beautiful plant. To me, it's an indispensable plant in my garden. Plus, it's also very prolific, meaning that it has all these little babies. It forms little little babies along its stalk that you can just break off and plant somewhere else in the garden and or just give away to your friends. I also love aloe plants. There's a lot of different types of aloe plants. One of my favorite is the coral aloe. Um, it will get uh, maybe a couple of feet across, and I do like to plant a few together to kind of form a group. And in January, it will send up a big stalk about two, maybe even three feet tall. And at the end of the stalk, it's going to have all these orange flowers. Um, and so in January and February and go even going into March, you're going to have these bright, big, beautiful orange blooms when probably nothing else is blooming. And it's going to attract uh, hummingbirds. Um, it's going to attract hummingbirds. So those are my basic go-to plants that I think anybody that I think just about anybody could be successful with. Now you did not hear me talk about tropical plants or ficus trees because I think, you know, or palm trees, I think they just get too big or too high maintenance and they're you know they're just not native to the area. Some plants that I wish that I had more luck with, maybe you have luck with them. I never have. Um, or the hydrangeas and the camellias and their gardenias. I've just never had a place that had the right kind of shade, the right microclimate for those plants. Now, I love hydrangeas. I would like to try this new variety that I just saw come on the market, um, and maybe I'll have luck with that one. Now, that's one of the beautiful things about gardening is they come up with these new varieties um, and maybe that new variety will work where maybe you never had luck before. Well, maybe this new one will. It's almost like a little experiment, you know? So you know, fingers crossed that the new hydrangea is gonna work for me. I also have a secret formula to help you look like an expert in the garden. It's a little guideline, you know, it's a guideline for you, my little secret formula. Um, so starting with number one, choose plants that are not going to get too big or need too much trimming or pruning. Number two, get plants that are going to do well in the light that you have and with the water that you intend to give them. So if you like roses, make, you know, it's not going to do well if you don't intend to give it enough water or the right amount of light. Number three, give your plants a good start. So follow the planting instructions um, and, you know, and take good care of them when they're first planted in your garden for the first couple of months or so. Make sure that you choose hardy or tough plants. And the ones that I mentioned are hardy and tough. Now, the reason that's important is because if you have pets or kids or if you're a klutz or if you play ball out in the yard, you know, and that your plants are going to get um, knocked over or scuffed or parts of them broke off, you want to make sure they're, they don't die from that, okay, from their injuries. You want them to be able to bounce back easily. 
Number five, mulch. Um, mulch is wonderful. It has a lot of benefits. It makes your flower beds look look beautiful and it keeps weeds down. It's not going to kill all the weeds, but it's going to help to keep them down and it's going to amend the soil over time. So a win-win-win all over the place with mulch. And, and again, number six, choose plants that you will love because if you choose plants that you love, more than likely you're going to maintain them. And if you follow all that, use my, you know, my go-to plant list, you're going to look just like an expert. You know, your friends are going to come over. They're going to say, what are you doing? And so help them out, you know, give them your wisdoms, tell them what works for you, you know, cause you're the expert now. My philosophy is that gardening is supposed to be fun and enjoyable, and it will be more fun and enjoyable if you're successful at it. That's why I now have this go-to plant list and my secret formula that I can use wherever I live here in Southern California. I hope that what has worked for me will work for you. So go get your hands dirty and dig up some fun in the garden. Because like I said, you're an expert now. I'm Jackie Gibbons with Regency Real Estate Brokers in Mission Viejo. Check out my website at JackieGibbons.com. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of the day and thanks for spending a little time at home with me. Take care and talk soon.